Welcome to the New Little Life Podcast. My name is Allison. I'm a lactation consultant, a breast pump expert, and a mom of three little boys. Here on the podcast, we talk with real moms and experts about breastfeeding and pumping. This podcast is designed to help you feel supported by other moms who are doing exactly what you're doing, to get tips and tricks on breastfeeding, and learn how to efficiently navigate pumping while going back to work. All right, here we go again. We have another working mom to talk to today. This is going to be a good episode because Victoria is has a lot of experience pumping on the go. So let me give you her bio and then we're going to jump right into the conversation with her today because I'm really excited to get to know her and learn all the tips and tricks she has to share with us about how she's made this work. So Victoria is a mom of two boys and a traveling mobile phlebotomist. She is from Texas and has obtained an associate of science and is currently enrolled in college doing the prerequisites for nursing, which is really exciting. Welcome to the podcast, Victoria. Hi. It's nice to meet you. <laughs> you have a house full of boys just like I do. That's fun. Yep. And my mom had four boys, so I'm sure I'd probably have more. <laughs> right. It's, it's in the genes. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. When are you set to uh, start your nursing program stuff? Um, In about three weeks. Oh, really? I got a bunch of prereqs already, but I just need a couple more and then hopefully to apply and get in. Oh, that's so exciting. Mm-hmm. You'll be well ahead of of some of the other students. One of the hardest things for, for me to learn when I went in nursing school and my students as well was like drying blood, all the phlebotomy stuff. So you'll be like miles ahead of, yeah. any, of any of them. Very cool. Yeah. All right. Well, let's just start at the beginning. You have two little ones. Why don't you start by telling me with about your first, were you working before? Did you plan on continuing working after kind of that, that area? Yeah. Uh, with my first, I worked at um, two hospitals, but it was like the same company. They would just transfer us some days to one. And it was actually the hospital I was going to give birth to. So mm-hmm. that was nice. <laughs> Except that I actually started having my water broke at the other hospital that didn't deliver babies. So they had to transfer me to the other Jeez. one. <laughs> and it was my last day before my maternity leave too. I was like, Oh, missed. So I didn't have nothing prepared. And my breastfeeding journey with my first one was, I didn't really know anything about breastfeeding on my first one. I know I wanted to do it, but whenever he wouldn't latch. So that was the main problem. And then as soon as he was born, I would say the next morning they took him to NICU because he had low platelets. Okay. So it was really hard for me to learn a breastfeed with him. And I struggled really bad with him. I ended up, he ended up having pyloric stenosis. Oh, wow. And we, yeah, we found out at two weeks. So he had stomach surgery. And then after that, I would try to breastfeed and he wouldn't latch. I tried nipple shields, everything. And I ended up, ended up quitting breastfeeding and gave him formula. Yeah. Did you start, did you pump it all with him or, you know, while he was in the yeah. did they help you get that going? Yeah. With um, the symphony, the Medela mm-hmm. at the children's hospital, they had that one. And I pumped a lot with him in the beginning, but after I would say about two months, 
um, I started working full time again. So that was hard finding time to pump. And eventually my supply just was non-existent. Yeah. I wish I, I wish I hadn't worked as much, which is what I learned with this baby. (laughs) Yeah. Do you feel like the schedule was the hardest part for you with that first one? Like staying on a pumping Yes. Yeah. Yes. I feel like pumping is in some ways harder than nursing because nursing you have to like, oh, we've got to feed you right now. Pumping, it's like you have to be like consistent. You have to want to do it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And you have to feed the baby while pumping. And yeah, it's definitely, I feel like a little more of a struggle for me. Yeah. So how, how did that change your second time around? I'd love to know how, what you did differently, what you did to prepare differently, kind of how things turned out the second time. Yeah. The second time I prepared a lot more by watching YouTube videos. Thankfully, nowadays there's lots of education about breastfeeding online now Yeah, compared to about even six, five years ago. I know it's changed a lot, (laughs) even not that long. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Social media, even like TikTok and everything like has tips and tricks and reviews on pumps and it's really helpful. So this time I really, really wanted to breastfeed. So I was like, I'm not even going to purchase formula. I'm not going to let myself, I'm going to do it. (laughs) So this time I just researched a lot beforehand and I ordered a like the Hakka, the LV Curve, I think it was. Yeah. The one you put in your bra. Mm-hmm, that's a good one. Yeah. And then this time I knew I just wanted to nurse at least for the first six weeks before I went back to work. And that helped, I think, a lot because I would have been way too tired to pop during the first four weeks for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's and- it's a lot to to add on pumping. I I agree with you. Breastfeeding at the breast is not like easy, but I do think in a lot of ways it is easier than pumping. <laughs> and just yeah. yeah. Yeah, totally. And it's also more bonding, I guess. That's what yeah. helps. Yeah. Helps make it uh, not as not yeah, as annoying. Not as, <laughs> and um so I pretty much he latched very good from the I was uh, I had just gestational diabetes. Mm-hmm. So I was really worried about his sugars when he was born so I did like express a little bit of colostrum for like in syringes just in case yeah. he would need it but he didn't end up needing it he ended up um we just the nurse I was real worried I would need a nipple shield because my I have really small nipples so I was like oh I don't know last time I needed one or that's what they told me and this time she was like no not everyone has the same nipples you do what you do, you squeeze it, and you put it in. So that's what I did. And it was, he did good from the very first latch. So thankfully, all his sugars were okay. And he did very good with nursing compared to my last one, it felt like it was so painful with him. And this one, it was, it didn't hurt at all. I didn't eat nipple cream at all. So it was like way different experience. I, I love your lactation consultant that just was like, nope, you just squeeze it and put it in. And I, I actually kind of like that approach. It It's called breastfeeding, not nipple feeding. Yeah. So really the infant should be taking in a lot of breast tissue and the nipples just kind of in the back of the mouth throat 
just kind of as like, that's how the milk comes out. So I love that she kind of just said, nope, it's simple. Just squeeze that breast and put it in their mouth. And the nipple size doesn't actually matter much at all. So that's, that's really cool. I'm glad that she's kind of simplified it and helped you get it going. Yeah. And that's what I didn't know. My first one, my first one, I was, I never felt like I could get a good latch. You know, I was always using the nipple shield and I felt like it helped some people, but for me personally, it, it didn't. Yeah. And he had a lot of yeah. other stuff going on. Yeah. Of he had a lot of stuff like pyloric stenosis, uh, pyloric stenosis. I can't ever say that right, but <laughs> it's like a stomach thing. Like it's all related to mm-hmm. feeding. Like that was a difficult situation, especially as a first time mother dealing with motherhood yeah. and all the, I can't sending my baby to surgery. Like that's hard. Yeah. It was really stressful with him because he had a bunch of stuff wrong when he was born I had a perfect pregnancy but it was just when he was born all this stuff like each day they would come back and tell me something and then at two weeks he had to have the surgery and then with this one I just had gestational diabetes but after that he was pretty much um fine we went home like the next day yeah that's great when did you start pumping Mm -hmm. with your second one my second one I had to go to work around eight weeks so I didn't start pumping until literally like two days before. Really? I would use, um, yeah, I would use the the LV curve. Okay. But it, I didn't really get a lot with it. And then I would started pumping two days before. I thought that I was like, oh, I'm going to have a freezer stash before I go to work. And that just did not happen. I was yeah. more the type that like had three, just enough to get me through the night and come back and Hopefully I get back in time because I was, I'm not an oversupplier, but I, w- I was definitely like um, just enough for, I would say. Mm-hmm. Do yeah. you feel like that was enough for you? I mean, for your peace of mind, were you just like, you know what? I've got enough for tomorrow. I'm just going to see how this goes. Yes. It was hard because I was mainly nursing him. So it was hard to pump around yeah. his mm-hmm. nursing schedule. And if I would pump after it was like, barely anything Mm -hmm. so that was the only time I could really get stuff or pump would be at work so that's when I would have to like really really pump I would try to pump in the very beginning every hour or two hours like between that it just depends though because I travel so I would have to like schedule it with like when I'm passing stores or (laughs) when I get to a nursing home so it was very like tedious on the when to pump on the go. Yeah. Let's talk about your your work schedule and your pumping schedule and how that works. So tell me more a little bit about what you do and then how you fit pumping into that. Uh, I travel at night. We start around 10 or 11 or 12 at night and we go to different cities. I travel about two hours away and we go to the nursing homes. There's about five where I go and we draw blood from elderly patients there and then we bring it all back to the lab and that's pretty much what we do so you're on a night shift yeah. schedule yeah overnight yeah and how many nights a week do you do that I only work three nights which Friday Saturday and Sunday oh, okay yeah it's just the hours vary because it's like we never know how many patients we have or if we get a flat tire or something, so it's 
very like we could either work very short hours or very long hours. Wow, that's crazy. Okay, so do you how do you how do you fit pumping into that? Do you pump in the car? Do you pump like Mm -hmm. how are you doing this? Yeah, I would say the good thing about being overnight (laughs) is that no one can see you pumping. Sure, (laughs) especially especially in the in the very beginning, I didn't have wearable pumps. I had the Zomi Z2. Okay. I think that's how you say it. Yeah. So I would use like the pumping bra with the flanges sticking out. And so thank God it was at night and no one saw <laughs> yeah. when the sun would come up, it'd be a little harder. I would just have to like do it on like when I was going on a back road where no one can see, mm-hmm. but I would normally put them in right before I leave. Um, just have them connected. That way I didn't have to worry about <laughs> my flanges having them connected. And I would turn the pump on like when I was pretty much about like 20 minutes away from a store. So I would knew I could stop and pull over and bag everything. And then I would do it again. I would put them back in and then I would turn the pump on until I was like 20 minutes away from my first nursing home. And then just depending on how long I take in the nursing homes, if I take an hour or two, when I get out, I would also pump for like five to 10 minutes. I usually like don't pump that long. I usually get like the most like within 10 minutes, I would say. Mm -hmm. Because then when you get home, are you feeding the baby while you're also like sleeping during the day? How does that work? Mm -hmm. When I get home, I just would nurse him. It was mainly like I was trying to save for when I was working and my husband was taking care of the baby overnight. So every other time I would mainly nurse or unless we would go out somewhere um, or if someone else had him, then um, he would drink the bottle. But he really did not like the bottle. He still doesn't. Really? <laughs> it's very hard. Yeah, it's very hard. Does he still take milk at night? Does your husband have to feed him milk while you're away at work? Um, sometimes, sometimes he'll sleep through, he did not start sleeping through the night until he was like eight months old. It was very hard. He was, uh, he was very different than my first, my first started sleeping. Like as soon as we took him home, <laughs> Really? him, yeah. yes. And him, he does not ever sleep through the night. He always wakes up, even though he's not fully awake, he'll wake up to like what is it, a dream nurse, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so when my husband has him, he'll do that at least once. He'll wake up at least once now, now that he's almost a year old. Wow. Before, though, he was waking up like three times. Yeah. Three or four times. Yeah. So at this point, you don't need a ton of milk to pump at night. No. because He's not eating a lot while you're gone. Yeah. Compared to the beginning. Now I'll only pump like once or twice. And I usually don't get as much anymore. I usually get about, it depends like two to six ounces just depending on how long I work okay and he's 11 months old now yeah yeah cool okay so you got to walk me through a little bit of how you're dealing with your supplies and your milk and stuff out and about you obviously don't have a fridge to keep it in so you got to tell me (laughs) how are you doing this you're away for (laughs) eight nine hours ten hours maybe Mm -hmm. how are you managing that yeah well we um we also have an ice chest for the blood so i kind of learned oh true (laughs) yeah we also use dry ice but i'm a little scared to like freeze it and then if i'm gone too long it'll all melt and so i never use the dry ice but dry ice really does work (laughs) especially if you're on long trips and stuff 
but I used um, the Jujube, or is that the brand name? Jujube okay, yeah. Or mm-hmm. the, one of their traveling ice um, coolers. And then I would just use ice packs. And it, it would stay cool all through the night. And then I would use um, Kind Bags, Kind. Mm-hmm. That's how you say it? I just felt like they were easier on the go to like pour into and not have to worry about opening it, making sure it was zipped back right. I would just open it, twist it back on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's actually a good idea. They're less bulky to take also than bottle mm. like new bottles for every yeah. thing. And I didn't want too much to carry because I already have a lot to carry. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't think about the pouring. Like you have to pour from a bottle into a bag or something to store it so the Mm -hmm. kind bag system sounds awesome just like put the lid on and throw it in your cooler that's awesome yeah and I I never have to worry about it spilling either like I would use um the nano bb baby the milk storage bags I really like them too but it would took forever me because I am always have anxiety of it staying open or something so I'd be there like doing it five times (laughs) yeah making sure it was closed so with the kind I just pour it into a sit that's so much easier yeah how about um like washing all of your parts and things like that did you just take enough for the whole night or did you stop somewhere and wash them how did you deal with that yeah I would mainly use the the whites and then if I had a chance I would wash them like I would bring like a water bottle and some soap and just do it real quick (laughs) on the side of the road or something In the beginning, it was very, very hard. Now that I only pump once or twice, I could use a wipe and just get away with it being okay. But now it's it's way easier. In the beginning, it was it was hard doing it four or five times. I would I had two sets of flanges though, so that helped a lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah multiple sets definitely does help. And yeah. then I also when I used the Zomezy too, at first I was you know, pumping into the bottles. So that was hard because I had to bring some bottles and then, and then I learned the kind. So then I would just twist them on the kind bags. That's another helpful <laughs> tip. Um, but yeah, that was pretty much how I would wash them. And I, when I got the LV, because now I use the LV, the mm-hmm. wearable pups, it comes with two sets of stuff. So now I have two sets. Yeah. That can be nice. Even yeah. if you're like, even if you're still pumping three or four times in a night, if you can just buy mm-hmm. another extra set or two and just keep them all dirty in a bag and like wash them all when you get home. I know yeah. some moms have done that too. <laughs> it's um, way easier. Yeah. Then trying to clean on the go, it's, it's mm-hmm. just tricky. You know, they'll be all while we're talking about it, there will be a bunch of links down in the show notes and stuff for a lot of the things that Victoria is mentioning, because there's some really cool stuff on the market to help with on the go pumping. Have you ever um, seen the Ceres Chill, the like little cooler you can pour the milk in and keep it all cold and in, in uh, one yes, little yes. container? I was thinking about getting one, but and by now I barely pump anything. So yeah, but I I found out about it like when I was six months postpartum, and I was like, oh, that would have been really helpful in the right. beginning. <laughs> I know instead of like the cooler and little ice packs works too i always i never could remember to freeze the ice packs i always would like pull my cooler (laughs) out to go and have none of them frozen and like "Ah!" oh my gosh yeah yeah i have to always remember when i get home the first thing i do is put them up because if not i would just fall asleep and 
I'll brace to the couple doing that. <laughs> yeah. So which breast pumps have you tried? You've mentioned the Z2 from Zomi and the LV. Have you tried any other pumps that you've enjoyed? Um, when I first done, I tried the Medela and the Spectra. I like the Spectra. I think I respond better to light friction, not mm. as hard. Yeah. And fast, fast and light because I tried, what which was the strong one? The Buddha. Yeah. And that one, it did not work on me. <laughs> I think it was because I had, it, it's too strong. So it'll work like for like two minutes. It'll get stuff out. And then I think my body just does not respond to it because it's used to like feeling nothing, I guess. Yeah. Like with the LVs, I don't feel nothing when I pump, but I have so many letdowns. So it's weird. I always thought that I would need stronger suction, but I've learned through this pregnancy that it's the total opposite for me. That's so interesting too. I remember the first time I used the LVs, I was like, this pump is broken. I'm like, I don't feel anything. <laughs> and I took it off and there was like four ounces in there. And I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> how did that even work? And I've tested this pump. I cannot explain how they did that, how they got, because it just looks like a normal suction pattern, but it is so gentle and I don't know, I don't know how they do that, but it's, yeah, it's unlike any other pump I've ever tried in the way it feels. Yes. It's the most, probably the most gentlest, but effective that I've used. Yeah. Because the Spectra, it was gentle too, but I felt like it definitely felt stronger. Mm-hmm. And the thing I liked about the Zomi Z2, which I really love that pump too. I wish uh, the suction, the pattern, the one that it has like alternating suction mm-hmm. and the stimulation, the third mode where it does stimulation and expression for yeah. you. So you don't have to change it back or I did really good on that one. I would just literally put it on phase three I think it was called yeah throughout the whole time I was pumping because it would do it automatically for you that's what I wish the LV had where you could just switch or you could set up your pattern because mm-hmm. I would always have to switch back to stimulation because I like it like fast and slow I mean yeah. fast and gentle not like the long pull I yeah, feel like that never sure. really works for me sometimes I would on um, spectra I would just they call it the bacon mode. Yeah. Uh, I would just pump straight on bacon mode because I feel like I get more letdowns that way. You bring up so many good points. Like strong, hard suction is not always better. People ask me a lot, like, well, which pump has the highest max suction? And I'm like, Heek, you don't actually need me pumping on the highest max suction. Like it's a lot. So to hear you say that you actually like it gentler is is a good thing to know. Like you don't always have to feel that like heavy, hard suction, you know? Um, I also like that you mentioned that you would pump on that stimulation mode only sometimes because you found that worked Mm -hmm. best for you. And I think that's also something really important to keep in the back of your mind. Like there is kind of a standard way to pump. You start in the massage mode that's faster and then Mm -hmm. you go to the expression mode and you can switch back and forth if that helps. But if you find a way that works, like maybe just staying in that fast massage mode and that gives you the most milk and it's the most comfortable. There's really not like a wrong way to pump, especially if you're experimenting and you find the thing that works for you. So it's interesting to hear you say that that is kind of what you enjoyed as well. 
Yeah, it's all about experimenting, especially with different pumps because they have different modes and different suction types. And so every pump was different that I've used. Like the LVs, I just keep it on, um, I'd say four, level four on mm-hmm. stimulation. And then I just never change it. Just leave it on the fast then, mode. Well, I have to change it back because it goes automatically to expression. That's the thing I don't like. The one thing I don't like, I have to change it back. Yeah. But there are a few pumps out on the market too, where you can make your own programs and like save a memory setting to yeah, go back and those. forth. So those are pretty <laughs> cool. But the Zomi, I'm going to put a video link down in the show notes on the Zomi, uh, kind of walking you through that alternating suck pattern and also the, that level there, that mode three, I think you called it where it goes back and forth. Cause there's some cool features on that little. Yeah. That was really pump. helpful, especially when driving. Cause it's hard to switch it when you're driving. So yeah. That, that was really helpful. If there was like a wearable pump, I would have totally kept using it, but the LVs helped out a lot more whenever I was driving just cause I could use my phone to change it real quick or I could just well, like that. Yep. Pop those buttons. Like, I don't have to worry about during the daytime or if we get pulled over a lot sometimes. So cops, I've been pumping before when cops have been like, sorry, I'm pumping because <laughs> I didn't want to just take out the flanges all quick. So I just leave them in. <laughs> Does it get you out of tickets? Um, Yeah, kind of. I feel like they're like, <laughs> oh, okay, so they hurry up. <laughs> yeah, they're just or like, oh, I-, I don't want to deal with this. So you're fine. Like, bye. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we use the company car too so I'm always like oh it's the company car <laughs> oh, <laughs> which is another reason why I wanted less stuff because I didn't want like I feel like people don't clean it right so I'm always like cleaning my area before I even get in the car that's hard too and it's not even your personal space mm-hmm. like your little work office is literally <laughs> just whatever <laughs> you can carry with you in your purse that's crazy yeah I also am in Texas, but we go, we pass through the the checkpoint, the border patrol every time we go. Cause I travel two hours away and I had to pass it. So I'm always pumping while I'm passing it too. And they don't even know with the LVs. Yeah. It's just like, it's quiet too. So that's another helpful thing. <laughs> yeah. I always worried the most about the truck drivers, like the big semi truck drivers when they would pass because they're so much higher up that they can see like right into your car. (laughs) Like other cars just passing. Sometimes your like neck is above the window and, Uh but the truck drivers go like, see right down. And I'm like, geez, just don't just pretend not to look and just keep driving. Or or when you're at a stop sign, someone's right by you. You're like, (laughs) I know. That like, don't look awkward. Oh, this is how you <laughs> pump when you're driving. <laughs> oh, that's so interesting. Um, well, do you have any kind of advice for working moms, tips, for, especially moms that travel? And I know not not everyone travels for their job, but I always, a lot of the moms in my program are like, hey, I'm going away for a weekend. How am I going to do this? How am I going to, you know, I can't clean my pump stuff. I have to take a ton of stuff. Do you have any tips to kind of help make any part of that process easier for them um i would say like on your phone setting just a timer because it's so easy to forget when you're driving to stop and pump so that really helped me also 
I would make sure like, okay, I'm going to be working this amount of hours. I need to get at least this couple pumps in. So I would set like little um, alarms <laughs> that would go off. So I knew like, oh, you better better get ready to start pumping or try to pull over in a safe place because I would drive mainly like where there's nothing around me. So I would have to wait till I get to a store or into a town. And I would say definitely wearable pump is way easier Yeah. <laughs> than having to deal with everything, like the flanges, a bunch of parts and stuff. Having the wearable pumps has really helped me, I would say, succeed at pumping at work while traveling. Do you feel like the wearable pumps empty you as well as the regular phalanges? I would say for me, yes, but only because I think I respond to gentle suction. I would say for other people, I probably they probably get more with uh, flanges, I believe, mm-hmm. like regular pumps. But I would say for on the go, definitely, it just helps to have a wearable pump. Yeah, which is why I chose the LV. I think if I was exclusively pumping, I would have also had another pump besides the LV, or I would have just kept using the Zomi C2 because that one worked really, really good. Yeah, I think that's pretty. This is kind of the advice I like to give, and I probably shared this on the podcast and the YouTube channel like a million times. But mm-hmm. wearable pumps are really good for what they are, which is for being mm-hmm. super convenient. And yeah, a lot of times I see moms they're not skipping their pumping sessions as often if they have a wearable pump, if they have a a mobile lifestyle. And that can make a huge difference in the outcome of your journey. The most important part of pumping is frequent milk removal. So Mm -hmm. even if your wearable pump doesn't empty you quite as well as another one, but at least you're not skipping pumping sessions, in some ways, this is better. Do you know what I mean? Even though we're leaving milk behind, Yeah. yeah. It helps because you want to actually pump. You're like, oh, it's not going to be that hard. You just stick them in. Yes. Whereas if you at home, you have to like do everything, set everything up. So you can kind of be like dragging a little bit when it comes to pumping time, yeah. <laughs> which is what happened with my first. My first, I was like, oh my goodness. I work seven days, one day off. It was so hard to pump in between and everything. But with my second, I was like, I'm only going to work the weekends. I'm going to really try to pump as much as I can. So I tried a couple of different pumps. And so far, the LV and the Zomi were, I feel like, my best that worked for me. Yeah. Because right. I also tried this, um, I don't know the brand name, the Horizon. Yeah. It was like everyone was talking about it. It was on Amazon, the peak one. Uh-huh. It was like a baby Buddha, um, I guess a dupe. Because it was yeah. super strong. That one I liked. I actually liked that one, but that one was a little strong for me. Yeah. That one, I didn't, yeah. I was like, ooh, I like the, it also had like the Zomi, the, where it switches automatically. Oh, okay. But I, yeah, it was really nice, that one. For the price point, it was really, really nice. I remember they were having a sale on Amazon or something. It was really inexpensive. I was seeing it pop up in my Facebook group a lot of like, have you tried this one, anyone? And because it was really inexpensive for that moment. And, but yeah, I think it's kind of an off brand of some other popular pumps that we, mm-hmm. we see a lot. Yeah. It can be a little bit addicting trying new pumps and like yeah. figuring out what they <laughs> do. And I don't know if you feel that too, but 
Yeah, definitely in the beginning, I had a pump addiction. I wanted to figure out which one was the best, which one. And at first, I thought I needed the strong suction. So I would get like, try to look for a strong suction. Mm-hmm. And then I realized I didn't. And it was just, I got more with gentle suction. I I think that's a big takeaway for me from our conversation here is just, it's not all about most suction, the highest settings, the strongest mm-hmm. thing. It really is kind of different. And it's interesting to hear you say that you kind of thought that's what you'd want, especially you'd done this before. You had a little bit of experience, but ended up wanting kind of the opposite. So I wish there was an easier way for moms to choose a pump, especially Mm -hmm. before they know (laughs) without trying them, like spending all this money on pumps and stuff. But it's just kind of a trial and error kind of thing, you know? Yeah, it really is. (laughs) Is there anything you'd kind of like to share as we wrap up here? Any advice for working moms? Something that really made a big difference in your journey? Um, maybe something that someone shared with you or that you learned that you were like, oh, yes, wish someone would have told me that sooner. Anything like that? Um, I would say take your break. I felt like on my first at work, I was always like, oh, I don't want to inconvenience anyone. And I've hardly had a break. But this time around, I'm like, I do not care. I need to pump. I'm going to pump and I'm not going to feel ashamed or like I'm putting everyone at work behind. Because at the end of the day, it's baby who needs the food. And that's what's most important. I think you're right. This I think that's a huge hurdle for all working moms. If you step away to pump, someone else usually has to pick up the slack. That can be really hard to ask someone to do repeatedly multiple times a day you know, but at the same time, you're a mom now, you've got milk and this phase doesn't last forever. And I think the more women we have pumping at work, the more change we'll see in this area. Because I know you, if you had another coworker that was like, I got to step away to pump three times in this Mm -hmm. shift. Can you help me out? You'd be like, yes, I got you. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like I've been there. I get it. And so I think the more we see this, the more it kind of becomes a norm. Hopefully it becomes easier for a lot of working, working moms. And I feel like a lot more of my friends just from social media, normalizing breastfeeding, I feel like they're choosing to breastfeed now more than five years ago when I had my first, it was like hardly anyone did. And now it's everyone definitely wants to, especially since we know more about breast milk from online now. Yeah. I think the pandemic really made a big difference there yeah. too. Like <laughs> the fact that you can pass your adult mature <laughs> antibodies to your baby during this worldwide pandemic yeah. is a huge deal. And then we have this formula shortage we're dealing with too. Um, yeah. It's just a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I think that really helped now for people who are having babies now, like trying to breastfeed because the formula shortage. Yeah. It's gotten a little bit better, but it's still not where it was. So I know a lot of people who are pregnant right now on Facebook, they're like really want to breastfeed when they have their baby, which I think is a good thing now, everyone. And also like I got vaccinated when I was pregnant and I got boosted whenever I had the baby afterwards mm-hmm. because of the antibodies and all that. I think, and it's when my first, he was always so sick and I was like, oh, I, I feel so bad because I was like, oh, I wish I would have breastfed him because maybe... In my mind, I was like, maybe he would have been not as sick because my baby now, he never gets sick. And I'm like, hmm. <laughs> right. 
We see that there's there's some documented like studies on this too that breastfed babies get sick less often, yes. and it's just and yeah, the poop smells less. I did not know that. No one told me that. <laughs> right, the poop and the babies it's, just smell different. Like smelling a formula yeah. fed baby and smelling a breastfed baby, they smell different. You know, and do you, I was like, oh, if I would have known, <laughs> right? It smells like sweet popcorn to me. I don't know. Yeah, the, the only bad thing poops, is that it's, yeah, it really stains clothes then blow out you really have to oh man wash them as soon as they do it <laughs> i know bright yellow i remember just throwing away some of them if it was just like a onesie <laughs> i didn't care about that much i'm like i am not even washing that like it's just done <laughs> you know it's yeah. not worth the two dollars i spent on it and it's, <laughs> unless it was a real fancy one or something but that's so funny well thank you so much victoria for talking with us today i love getting just different mom's views on pumping and yours is really unique. You're pumping in your car, like all the time, Mm -hmm. you don't have an office. Um, and I'm so impressed that you have made it 11 months with this second one. And I'm impressed that you made it several months with your first one too, despite all the challenges you had there. I think it's a great example of just like giving yourself some grace and taking your situation for what it is and doing the best you can with what you have at the time. So I just, I want to say, well done. You've, you really made this work for you and I'm impressed hearing your story. Thank you. If you want to hear more stories from moms like Victoria, you can check out some of the other episodes on this season two. Season one, we focus on breastfeeding. So if you want some information on breastfeeding, you can find that in season one. Season two here is really focused on the working moms because that's where new little life is headed. I have a program called Pumping for Working Moms, and this program is specifically designed to help goal-oriented and research-driven working moms who are trying to combine breastfeeding and pumping to meet their feeding goals with calm confidence with the least friction possible. So if that sounds like something that is interesting to you, I would love to talk with you more about that. There will be some links below on some information there. And I love working with with these kind of women, just like you, Victoria, and the other moms we've had here in season one. Combining breastfeeding and pumping is tricky. And there's a lot that goes into pumping that varies person to person. So you can find a lot of videos on my YouTube channel and I have a Facebook group to help as well. But if you're looking for that more, that step-by-step guide, that individual support, that's what I do inside of my program. And I'd love to talk with you more about it. Thanks again, Victoria, for joining us today. And we'll see you all on the next episode. Bye. Bye.